All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, March 29th of 2023 here. And you know what that means. Tomorrow is opening day of the MLB season. Uh, this is going to be an MLB focus show. If you guys have questions about MLB specifically, we're going to be addressing those today on this show here. So uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew one of the coaches over here at SaberSim is the show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You can post questions live in the YouTube chat or in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. And if you are looking for an optimizer to check out ahead of the MLB season, we have a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial linked in the description as well. Uh, check us out. Come on this show. Get your questions answered. We do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. But uh, yeah, no, fun day here. Uh, there's an NBA Millie Maker tonight. Good luck to all playing that contest. If you guys have some tickets or are uh, dipping your toes into that uh, toward the end of the season here. And then we have the big 11-game main slate for MLB tomorrow. Uh, if you guys are uh, didn't catch our show yesterday, we just released support for a new DFS site, a smaller site called Owner's Box. We are the uh, one like major optimizer supporting owner's box. Uh, we were doing a big promotion to have our users um, play on that site and earn free SaberSim credit. If you guys didn't catch that, uh, there is a page linked in the office hours channel from yesterday. I'll actually pull that up on the screen for you guys here. Uh, Snowman said, nice shirt. Thanks, man. Uh, you know, uh, qualified for the, MLB live final for FanDuel last year in Chicago. Uh, so, you know, had to bust it out ahead of the season. Uh, uh, starting off tomorrow. It's not teeing off. It's a, I don't know, pitching off, whatever whatever you want to call it. Uh, but but for those of you who might have missed the show yesterday, uh, Saversim plus Owner's Box. Uh, this is a uh, page over in the um, Office Hours channel where basically it uh, tells you about our new partnership with owner's box, uh, what the site is like, ways to earn free SaberSim credit. So if you go and play on owner's box and use promo code Saber or promo code SaberSim when signing up through this link, uh, two things. One, they offer a up to $500 uh, deposit bonus. So they will match your deposit up to $500. And then across all sports, uh, just, you know, if you're playing NBA, if you're playing MLB, um, if you get $3,500 in entry fees over, you know, however long, uh, you will get one free month of standard, or you could wait and then get $5,000 of entry fees for one month of pro. And then if you get up to $7,500 in entry fees, you can get a free month of the prop plan. This is a cycling promotion. So the promotion is basically, let's say, you know, you, you play uh, three months of MLB and you get to this $3,500 entries, you get your free month of SaberSim. Uh, that restarts. So then your next $3,500 in entry fees, you get another free month of SaberSim. So the, the longer you play on owner's box, you're just going to keep accumulating these free months. Uh, and and uh, so I, I would recommend checking it out. Smaller site, not a lot of support for it. So contest should be softer. And that is always a good, good contest selection principles. Find the softest contest to get the longest uh, long-term ROI. Just wanted to mention that for anybody who didn't catch the show yesterday here. And uh, getting back to Saberson, we have, you know, plenty of questions to get us started today. If anybody has any more questions, 
now is a great time to get them in. Um, I, I just quick story, Snowman. I don't know if you guys have heard this one before or not, but I qualified for the FanDuel Live Final last year, and then we were supposed to fly out to Chicago on um, Thursday. And then that that Saturday night, I went to the hospital and had got appendicitis and had to have surgery, so I couldn't travel and I couldn't go to the uh, the event. And uh, Matt was at the event, Eric was at the event, Will was at the event, um, Ben was at the event. You know, just just a bunch of the the Sabersome guys that you guys see on all these shows. And uh, was really looking forward to like meeting everybody and and didn't get to go. And uh, the worst part is like I'm a huge baseball fan. So they got to take batting practice at the White Sox stadium um, live on the field. Uh, so I was like really looking forward to that. Uh, so, so just was a, was a uh, very, very depressing time, but uh, you know, just going to have to run it back and, and uh, see what happens there. But just a little fun story I like to tell. Okay. Uh, getting into M- MLB questions that we have today. So first one came in from sequence, uh, which I had a better answer for you here sequence, but said, uh, for today's MLB opening day Q&A, uh, hey, Andrew, I don't mind bottom of the order stacks, but say when I run 4-4 four, four stack types, I don't want both stacks to include bottom of the order hitters. What's the most efficient way to limit eight, nine hitters per lineup? So this is a good question. I was like diving around in the app trying to figure out different ways to do this. Uh, I don't think there's a necessarily great way to handle this Um with rules or or anything like that but i was thinking the only way you could probably handle this is through like a min salary so if you're you know stacking uh teams and you're getting you know multiple like seven eight nine hitters uh you're probably not using a ton of salary in in that in that uh in that way right so if we like sort by batting order here your your bottom of the order guys are usually going to be a lot cheaper 2000 3000 20 like you know all kind of under this like 3500 salary kind of benchmark with some exceptions here uh as opposed to like your top of the order guys they're all going to be in like the 4k uh plus range sometimes i think some of this will uh work itself out as as the season goes on but you know you got paul goldschmidt anthony rizzo uh Lindor, Vlad Jr., Willie Adamas, you know, these guys are all uh, over like the 4K, 4,500 salary range. Uh, so so I think that, you know, you could you could run lineups and run stacks with, uh, or just just uh, see, see what your stacks look like. And then if you're getting too many bottom of the order guys, maybe increase your min salary. So by making the builder use more salary, uh, you're less likely to get some of those bottom of the order guys, unless the builder's doing something really specific. And then if the builder is doing something along those lines, I would, uh, you know, be open to, to interpreting the lineups. Like, okay, you know, why is it using these eight, nine guys? Is, are we paying up for pitchers? Are we uh, stacking the chalkiest teams where, you know, uh, Vlad, we're, we're stacking an Otani uh, Trout stack, and, and we got to get some salary relief. Um, so maybe we're playing like an 8-9-1-2 where it's, uh, you know, 8-9 from the Angels, and then, you know, you circle back to the top of the lineup, and then it's Trout-Otani, right? And they have a lot of correlation. So I would do my best to try and interpret the lineups, see why you're getting those stacks, but I think that min salary can be a way of, potentially uh, limiting those type of players, but not just a great way to do it with rules, unfortunately. All right. Um, Just a quick one here. I I noticed this in the app myself earlier. 
Uh, Snowman asked a question about allow batters for supposing pitchers in the builder. So, so he, he mentioned this here. I went and looked and this was toggled on for me automatically here. And then when I changed the entry limits, I just toggled to, to anything else. It kind of uh, reanalyzed and auto turned off. So like for, for in a big 11 game slate, this should be off by default. If you see it on, just change some settings and then see if that auto turns off, which it did for me. So uh, this should really only be turned on in like very, very small slates, maybe like two, three, four game. Uh, maybe I'm not sure about a four game, but if you guys see anything weird, just give the build settings a once over and that should uh, sort itself out. All right. Next question here from Neil. Neil said, Hey, Andrew, what are your thoughts on setting min salary to zero for MLB? I like to remove as many limitations as I can before I build lineups, but maybe I'm giving up EV by allowing lineups with a lower salary in my pool. So yeah, so this is like a really, really interesting question, right? Uh, this is kind of uh, the the exact opposite approach of like what sequence was trying to do, but it, it really comes down to to what you're looking for, right? I think that baseball is a super high variance game. And you could see that by just looking at any individual player's histogram here where uh, they're, they're far from normally distributed. They are, you know, skewed usually uh, to the right here. And uh, that, that just says a lot about how variant these players are overall. Uh, so I, I think opening up the salary band and, and letting the builder, you know, get, get a little weird is, is okay. That's going to differentiate you from the field. Uh, we can run a test build and then just see what it, what it's looking like here. So I'm just going to run 500 lineups. I'm going to run it on like uh bigger settings here. And then we're just going to kind of uh want, you know, we're going to see what the, the lowest salaries we're getting are. And then we're going to kind of let see if those see if those lineups at the bottom end of the salary range pass the eye test and you know why why are these lineups coming up and then i think that experiment can always guide you to to say you know what what should i do from there but we do have a default min salary i think that you know uh for the most part i'm, I'm okay just leaving it as is i think if you want to get a little different you can experiment with some of these things so i'm going to make two quick changes here to uh point total so we can see our lineups i'm going to go in and sort by salary and i actually want to sort by inverse salary here so it's sorting descending highest to lowest i want to sort lowest to highest here uh this is really interesting so our lowest salary lineup with sa i i swear i put it in zero oh i didn't <laughs> my bad so i gotta rerun this one more time i was like wow this is like really crazy uh we're at 49k and, and i didn't even touch anything but i didn't i didn't zero it out so zero it out I think I changed the build settings after I zeroed it. So my bad, but, um, you know, should be pretty quick to update here. So let's run this build one more time. And then we're going to go and do this experiment. Um, real quick question from Patrick said, where's the live actual scoring for NBA? It's been missing from the SIM. Uh, so I know we had some issues with it over the weekend. It looked like that got worked out, um, yesterday afternoon. If we're missing it again, I can bring it up to the team and then see what's going on. But I'll, I'll, I'll make a note for myself here, actuals, NBA, missing, and then I'll, I'll follow up with the team. And then uh, I can post something in the Office Hours channel later. So, all right, getting back to this here. Going to make my two adjustments here. And then going to inversely sort by salary. And then see what our lowest salary lineup is. 
So our lowest salary lineup is like actually really low at, at 37,400 here. Uh, we're getting a lot of really low lineups here. Uh, pretty interesting. These lineups are all stacked. You know, it's like a four, three stack. Um, really, really low ownerships for, for a lot of these batters. Um, pretty, pretty interesting. I don't, I don't, frankly, I don't know if, how comfortable I would be playing these lineups. Um, I don't know where these lineups would ultimately fall here. You know, this is Sabre score. Uh, what, what are we looking at here? Saber score rank. Okay, so I'm interested to see if this pops up. Okay, so this is a 85.6 is our highest here. 85.6, 85.6, 85.5. Uh, when I sort by salary, I'm surprised that it goes away. That seems like a bug to me. Um, but but I guess since you're not using it, it can't show all of them. So I'm trying to figure out a good way to identify uh differently which which sorting method you know where these end up but um you know i mean <laughs> this this is a hard one you know we're getting some really low salary lineups here uh i don't know how comfortable i would be playing all these lineups i mean the great thing is that they're big game stacks and uh baseball is like a super high variance sport so at least like we're not getting lineups with a bunch of one-offs in these super low salary lineups i think what is happening is like the correlation aspect of these lineups is what is causing them to show up in the builder. Uh, but, but I, I would, I guess I would say like, be careful doing this. Um, and, and I think that, you know, sticking with the min salary is probably a good idea to start. You could lower it, you know, maybe instead of 49,000, you lower it to 47,000 here. Um, I'm just a little concerned about playing a super so low salary lineup where you know almost all of your batters are like six or lower here uh but but it's showing up for some reason i just don't know if that is a lineup that i ultimately want to try right off of the bat but i think these experiments are good these are kind of how you get answers to these questions as they pop up neil so i if, if you have an idea or a thought uh put it in practice put it in the app and, and see what it comes up with and then see if you're comfortable with the result on the other side so that's that's what I could tell you guys there. All right, uh, question from Chase. Chase said, "Will the MLB lineups channel be like NBA and show significant projection changes?" So this is a good question. I actually had to go and get an answer on this from the team. So the the answer is um, we won't have anything that's like a uh, significant projection change. You know the way we do it for. NBA is like within the hour. Uh, the problem is the hour before the lock. The problem with MLB is that lineups can come out, you know, usually up to like three hours before lock and um, the game times are like kind of really spread out. So the only thing that you will see in the, in the MLB lineup alert channel is SIM starting for pitcher change and SIM starting for lineup confirmation. So you'll, you'll see uh, new Sims run, and then we will say why they are running. So if there's a pitching change, we will note that there is a pitching change and that's why the Sim is running. Or if we get a confirmed lineup, we will say Sim started for lineup confirmation. So you won't see like the projection adjustments. You'll just see a little more reason um, why some of the Sims are running closer to lock. So, so be on the lookout for those things. All right. Question from Kevlar87. 
question is, uh, with MLB season upon us, are there any basic rules you recommend setting for li building lineups, stack metrics, et cetera, just looking for a baseline to get started with? Thanks for all you do. Uh, yeah, so happy to help here. One rule that that I feel like we've been talking about a lot that I think a lot of users are going to use, which I think is like totally fine, is this baseline stack rule for players who do not have a high home run expectation. Just going to leave this up on the screen uh, so you can see it. Actually going to remove the comment just to make sure that you can see all the details here. Basically what this rule is saying is if there is a player on a team who has a home run expectation of less than 0.1, which is like less than 10%, uh, use that player in a stack. It doesn't have to be three. You know, you can make it like a two stack or two additional players to make it like a three stack total. But I think that this rule makes a lot of sense on its own uh, without the ability to hit a home run uh, and, and, uh, I mean, not not without the ability, but just with the lower likelihood of hitting a home run and getting all your points with one swing of the bat, regardless of the rest of your team. Uh, baseball is a is a team sport. Scoring is is really done on like a team level. Uh, runs, RBIs, um, etc. Really, uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna steal when a pitcher goes into the stretch, right? You got to get on base. Pitcher has to go into the stretch now. And then you get the ability to get some stolen bases. Uh, so, so all of that really comes into play. I think that, you know, if, if a player has a low hormone expectation, I think that this rule is a good baseline rule. All right. Question from Bill's nut 66. Question is, uh, much of your content is focused on DK for MLB. My understanding is that FanDuel is a softer site and that I should focus my play there. Do you agree? If not, in your opinion, why is DK a better site for bankroll building in MLB? Uh, so good question here. I would say that I will. I, I don't know if if FanDuel is like actually softer. Uh, I haven't seen any research or like uh, experimentation on that. Mostly just because FanDuel doesn't allow for. I think I think probably the one reason why FanDuel would be like quote unquote softer is because they don't allow you to download CSVs from their contests. So you can't really do a lot of FanDuel backtesting. Uh, a lot of the sharpest players, you know, aren't aren't able to get the contest information and, and, and uh, basically uh, learn more about, like, optimal FanDuel strategy. So, like, maybe that's what keeps some, like, the best players away. But, but a lot of good – there are a lot of good players on both sites. I would say the biggest difference from, from my point of view – is that DraftKings has more contests or a better contest selection under the $3 threshold. So, you know, there's um, there's like the Dime Times and then the Quarter Jukebox and then the 50 Cent Mini Max and then the $1 Mini Max. And then um, you, just, you just kind of can get more money down. And then also they have their alternate slates, right? The alternate slates are a lot bigger on DraftKings as opposed to FanDuel. So like if you're going to play you know, MLB and you're playing all the good stuff on the main slate and you want to get more money down, um, you can go and play the alternate slates as opposed to moving up in stakes. So, you know, play some of like, uh, if they have like some turbos or some night slates or something like that, you can get they, those contests, like slate lobbies are like pretty healthy. If you go on FanDuel, FanDuel mostly just focuses on the main slate. So like you can only get action down on the main slate. And then I think that you run out of contest to play a little faster. So that, I think that's why some of our content is DK focused, but it, I would, I would definitely uh, play both sites. If you are uh, having trouble getting enough money down, right. Or if you're kind of 
getting all the action down on the smaller stuff. Experiment with Fandle with the main slates there. I think that both sites can be good. Okay, next question here from Phantom. Phantom said, uh, Andrew, do you have a rule of thumb for how exposed do you like to be on batters and pitchers? I know mini Neeks will help this a lot this season. Uh, good question. I would say that, you know, I'm always more comfortable being highly exposed to pitchers just because their range of outcomes are a lot more uh, consistent, I guess is like the right word here. And our adjusted ownership is going to help a lot with that this season. Uh, if you look at adjusted ownership for Corbin Burns, it's it's basically right at his regular ownership. And then go and look at Joey Gallo here, right? Uh, expected 28% owned, batting in the four spot, you know, pretty low salary overall. So he's going to be like a popular like point for dollar play. Uh, but his adjusted ownership is so much higher, right? So what we are saying, I mean, I think Joey Gallo has this reputation as like a uh, boomer bust guy, you know, super high strikeout rate. Uh, but if he's not striking out, he's probably hitting like doubles in home runs, right? So you go pull up his distribution. His highest outcome is basically zero here with this big tail event here. Um, his adjusted ownership is 15% higher than his regular ownership. That is our way of telling the builder, hey, this guy is really high variance and might be bad chalk or or just, just be careful with the amount of lineups that you're putting him in. He is not a like smash guarantee play to get to this outcome. So I, I would um, lean on some of this uh, stuff that we're doing internally here, but I, I don't have any like hard and fast rules as, as to how exposed I want to be. I would just say that, you know, if your highest exposures are to batters above pitchers, I would be a little concerned about that, right? Like if you flip these three guys, I have three guys here, Burns, Cole, McClanahan, that are all pitchers as my highest exposures. And then I go three batters. Uh, I think that's fine. If you were to flip this and have like three batters higher than all your pitchers, I would be a little concerned about that. And I would just like look into that further, not to say that I wouldn't go with it, uh, but I would like try and do some research and, you know, look at my entire pool, maybe uh, run run like a, a research build and, and uh, try and figure out why that is occurring. But this is something that I'm happy to be seeing right off the bat with minimal adjustments. And I would be comfortable with this type of exposure limits to pitchers versus batters, but I'm definitely treating the two differently. All right. AK knowledge said last year, I started Sabersim around the start of MLB. One heartbreak is seeing those zero fantasy points by the end of the game. Is there something to keep an eye out to avoid this? Or is it just part of the game? because of the wide variation. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, baseball, you know, you're going to get some zeros, uh, that that's okay. Honestly, you can still take down GPPs with, you know, one zero in your lineup. Baseball is like that type of sport. You know, let's say that you have like a four stack of, of, um, of Milwaukee here and three of your guys get like 20 points. And then one guy gets like a zero or maybe just like a walk or something where he has like two points. Uh, you can still take down GBPs with those lineups. So I wouldn't be super discouraged if you end up with like one zero or one low uh, batter in your lineup. It's not a sport like NBA where, you know, you need all of these guys to like be on fire to have a shot to win. Um, baseball is a little different. Baseball is a lot closer to hockey. There's plenty of hockey lineups I've seen, you know, in the discord in, in, on DFS Twitter where a player has like one zero in his lineup and still takes down GPPs. So 
just just don't get super discouraged if if you have an outcome like that. Um, all right, looks like AK responding to Phantom there, just about uh, exposures. Uh, gonna jump over to the YouTube chat now. And Ryan said, obviously bigger prize pools for MLB on owner's box tomorrow, but also only let you enter 3% of total entries. The NBA contest let you enter up to 9% and Sharps just flooded the contests yesterday. Uh, so I actually didn't know that that they're doing this, uh, that they allow up to like 9% uh, for one individual player to take up in a contest. I'm, I'm really careful with stuff like that. Uh, even if you can max it out, uh, do you really want to, right? Like what, what, uh, prize do you have to achieve or what's, what place in the standings do you have to achieve to like pay for that? So yeah, maybe you can like max it out and get like 9%, but do you, do you have to come in second place, uh, to, to break even, right? So I would say, you know, if, if players want to take up that much of the contest, I think that's fine. Um, I would just, you know, something I do is just like general, I don't know if this is like good or bad, but something I like to do is I like to look at like what 10th place pays and basically only enter like up to that amount. There's been a lot of conversation in like the DFS ecosystem about, you know, there's not a big difference between getting 10th and getting first, especially in these like super large field events where it's like, you know, um, tens of thousands of entrants, you're already in the top 0.01% of the contest or you know, really high in the top 1.1% of the contest that, you know, it, it gets very variant as to, you know, a player making a free throw versus missing a free throw or making a three-pointer versus missing a three-pointer. It could be very, very drastic in the amount that you get paid in these contests. So I, I like to look for like, you know, what is 10th play pay? And then, um, you know, okay, it's uh, that, that ends up being only, you know, 20 entries as opposed to 150. And I'm okay with that. And I'll just ride with my 20 entries in that in that scenario but um something else that andy mentioned yesterday is that you know owner's box is a smaller site they're kind of up and coming um we've been able to give them feedback as to uh the type of contest that they're offering the the prize pools that they're offering so you know they this partnership is new we're kind of kicking it off for the mlb season i i would probably say that we had some input as to only allowing uh, up to 3% uh, for a player to uh, play in, in a contest or like consume those entry fees. So, so that's another good thing. You know, we, we are aware of, you know, super top heavy prize pools and how much uh, equity a individual player is playing. We're able to give some feedback and they're really receptive to that. So uh, just, just some notes for you guys there. We are looking out for, for the broader uh, Saber Sim community in that aspect. All right, Patrick said, how many Sims will we usually run before and during an MLB slate? I know Sims will run after confirmed batting order, run another Sim an hour before lock. Uh, so usually the Sims will, uh, or I'm sorry, the lineups come out like three-ish hours before lock. So I'd say once those confirmed lineups and confirmed pitchers come out, we probably won't run any more Sims. Uh, there is not like a uh, like NFL or something like that where like, okay, run a Sim, an hour before lock. I don't think it's like that because of the timing of the lineups and stuff like that. So uh, just, just be on the lookout for check marks in the app. I think that's probably going to be your best friend is uh, coming in here, seeing what teams have been confirmed, what uh, pitchers have been confirmed, and you'll be able to see all those statuses in the app. But I don't think there's anything like uh, run a sim always before one hour prior to lock. All right. 
Uh, question from Ryan. I usually enter 0.01 of the entries on Yahoo with the smaller contest, and I definitely will be doing the same on Owner's Box with how many entries that they let you enter in the small contest. Yeah, no, uh, really similar to to what I was talking about. I think it's I think it is totally fine to deliberately enter less than the max. Um, you know, we've talked about this concept in the past where in theory, you're putting your highest EV lineup in the contest first. And then every entry after that is technically lower EV, even if it's, you know, minute or, or very minor. So there is nothing negative EV about entering less contests than the max into an individual contest. And only one lineup can ultimately win first. So, so that's another thing that is, uh, you know, you're, you're lowering the EV every time you enter a new lineup, but, but what you're trying to do is, uh, maximize or, or increase the rate at which you achieve that outcome. Right. So there's definitely a trade-off in that respect. Uh, AK said, Andrew, uh, showing off the threads today had to man had to, uh, Patrick said, this pertains to my first question. When is it applicable to start building uh, once batting order is confirmed? So I would say, you know, look out for the lineups that start at lock. And then I think it's fine to start building lineups once the initial lineups are confirmed. Because baseball is another sport where you can always go back and late swap. Jordan talked about this. If you guys haven't uh, caught this yet, just want to point this out. I was able to uh, dive into all of this prior to the start of the show, we released a new playlist. It is how to beat MLB DFS in 2023. It is a four video like strategy series and then a models interview at the end here. So these four videos about, you know, contest selection and new things in the app and how to apply them and how to think about MLB uh, strategy is in these first four videos. And then this fifth video is, our uh jordan's interview with the models team eric and will about um what is new for the mlb model areas of uh future improvement areas that users can uh research and add value to the process so i would highly recommend checking out these videos ahead of the start of the mlb season here all right getting back to the app uh but yeah so i'd say you know one thing that jordan talks about is late swap so I think as long as the games that start at lock are confirmed, feel free to build lineups. And then, you know, as more lineups get confirmed, uh, you can go back late swap. You know, we have the late swap pools now, which is great for making adjustments um, in, in the late swap portion of a slate. AK said, does Fandle or DK seem more MLB friendly? Uh, you know, I, I think that DK just has a better product overall. Um, their supports a lot better. They they seem to care more about their DFS product than FanDuel does. It's really hard to get in contact with FanDuel support. And, um, you know, like I touched on earlier, they do have a healthy contest selection for some of the alternate slates that they offer, which is great for getting additional action down under $3. All right. Uh, Clay Davis said, how to set a rule for one-off. So um, depends what you're asking. You know, I think that you could do something like like our baseline rule here. Like, hey, you know, I what what this rule is saying is that you do not want a one-off with a low home run expectation. So you could do something like that. Um, you could also say something like use exactly um, you do a group automatic rule where it's like use exactly zero players uh, that have you know. A projection less than um, 
less than like five or something like that. Um, or, or, I mean, it has to be like an if-then rule. I mean, that's the best thing that you could do. So some type of if-then rule where it's like, hey, if I have a player that is this, you know, do this. And what you're trying to do is saying like, hey, you could even do like a, a projection type rule, right? So if you do a group rule, automatic, where he says like, if at least one player on a team has a projection of less than five, then use at least, you know, two players from the same team, right? So what you're saying is like, like this would be a one-off rule where you're basically um, trying to curate your one-off pool, essentially. So so any player less than five projected points basically cannot be used as a one-off. And and you could set this rule as, as high as you want based on projection, right? So, you know, if, if any player less than six, don't use it as a one-off. Any player less, less than seven, don't use it as a one-off. And then now you're basically saying, you know, only use these batters that have high point projections as one-offs. So a lot of different ways to apply the rule. It, it A group automatic if-then rule is probably going to be your best friend uh, for figuring that out. All right, Daniel Martinez said, when doing 150 max entry into the piggy bank, would you still keep a lot of diversity compared to just tuning lower min uniques to, see, to keep Saber score high in rankings? Uh, so good question. Really depends on the type of player you are. Uh, I would say that, you know, MLB specifically, I'm trying to get more unique, more spread out than something like NBA, uh, just due to the nature of the sport. So I think it's good to use a lot of min uniques in MLB specifically. And I am very comfortable, you know, getting super uh, wide, not having a lot of exposure to batters. I think, you know, something in like the 30 to 40% range. If you, if you're owning multiple batters over 50%, I would be very, very cautious of that. And uh, honestly, like a little concerned as to why my exposures are so high, but even at min uniques one in this build that we ran, I know this is DraftKings, is not Vandal, but just using this as an example here, uh, right off the bat with no additional min uniques applied, our highest exposure batter is 24%. I think that's totally fine. And then if we were to go in and apply min uniques to, you know, half of our lineup, our um, highest exposed batter goes down to 16%. So kind of exactly what I want to see. Um, I I think that getting wide on these MLB slates is good. Uh, Atlanta is our highest implied team total team on the slate tomorrow. And, at, you know, five min uniques, our stack exposure is matching our pool exposure. I think pool exposure is always something good to refer to and just, just kind of guides you as to, you know, how much leverage you're actually getting to this team compared to your pool, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that that is a good measuring stick a good guidepost to kind of uh, just compare to overall. Ryan said, DK has way better 20 maxes than FanDuel, which can get $100 a day down for you. Yeah, you know, just just a better, wider contest variety overall there. Uh, John Jones said, and, and really quickly, uh, we are getting to the bottom end of our uh, YouTube chat questions. So if anybody has any more questions, now is a great time to get them in. All right, John Jones said, do you prefer rebuilding the pool if a lineup comes in differently than planned or do you prefer quick swap in baseball? Um, no need to apologize, John. So I, I would say I would always lean late swap just because of the ability to now build a pool of lineups 
um, have options, still be able to change stack types, individual exposures, mini uniques, et cetera. I think last year, uh, what I would have said is that, you know, if you have put in a lot of work into your builds and one little adjustment comes in, you know, some, some catcher on some late game team gets swapped, uh, maybe just do a quick swap and, and leave all of the other work that you've done up to that point. But now I'm, I'm not as concerned about that uh, just due to some of the app improvements that we've made. I think that you could run a late swap, still apply any um, value adds that you were doing previously and still get to better lineups overall. So I would always go with late swap. The great thing about MLB is that, you know, this information is going to be out in plenty of time for you to make these adjustments. You're not going to be right up against the clock trying to figure this out, uh, hoping that you don't miss lock, et cetera. You should have plenty of time to... Uh, figure out what is the best option and then kind of go from there. All right. Patrick said, is it better to, is it better now to late swap or quick swap if a player is scratched during lock? So, so um, really similar to the question John just asked. So I think that uh, answer kind of serves both questions, but um, I think it is going to be always better to late swap with some of the improvements that we've made to the app. Just one more time to reiterate that point there. All right. Um, AK said the best part of MLB season is DFS during the work hours, especially on Tuesday, Thursdays. You know, you get those uh, split slates, you get like the early slate, and then you get the main slate, and you get to kind of sweat all day. So uh, I, I, I really love MLB season, you know, for that fact. And, and you kind of get a good mix. You get two big slates. So, so it is just a ton of fun playing MLB DFS. Really looking forward to it again here. But all right, everybody, um, those were our last questions. Uh, really happy to uh, be introducing another major sport. Um, good luck in all your contests tomorrow. Uh, tea time or tea off time. I mean, not tea off time, but first pitch is at uh, 1.05 p.m. Eastern. So we will do this show at 2 p.m. Eastern. So uh, looking forward to talking more MLB throughout the season here. Uh, but, but, you know, if you guys have questions ahead of, Opening day, you know, today is the day to get the question answered. We will not uh, start the show prior to MLB starting. But Patrick said, do you think unique rank is a better fill method than unique random? I really like unique rank. It's something that I have begun to use really just like religiously. And, and the reason is I think that it takes away a lot of the what if or man, you know, my highest scoring lineup ended up in a lower dollar contest where I could have binked, you know, this much money, but instead I binked this much money by using unique rank. What you are doing is you are putting your best lineups based on your sorting method into whatever contest you have ranked highest. So what I like to do is I, I don't have a contest portfolio selection yet um, for, for MLB, but um, what I like to do is I like to sort by prize pool. So I'll go into my entries tab and then I will rearrange the contest based on the prize pools and, you know, what contests mean the most to me to win. And then I will fill my top, you know, 20 lineups in that first 20 max, like say like the $4.20 and then my second 20 lineups in, you know, my second um, 20 max, et cetera. And then regardless of how that works out, uh, you know, it's like, hey, at least I put my top 20 lineups into my highest dollar contest. And then um, I put my my lowest, uh, you know, 
ranked Sabre score lineups into like my lowest entry dollar 20 max. And it just so happened that, you know, my highest scoring lineup was way, way down in my pool. And I probably would have never got to it uh, either way. But but at least, you know, I have that peace of mind as to uh, putting my best contest in my best, uh, most cared about, uh, my my best lineups in my most cared about contest and then just kind of rolling with it from there. So I think unique rank takes a lot of the what if away and um, makes, makes that uh, feeling of winning, but winning at a lesser prize a little more bearable. So that is why I like unique rank overall. But all right, everybody. Uh, I think that's our last question. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, you know, plenty of more time to get baseball questions answered. If you guys have questions, building lineups, etc., cetera, uh, throw them in the office hours channel. Let them sit there. We will get back to it on the very next show. Gets us a steady queue of questions to get rolling with. But until tomorrow, good luck in all of your contests tonight. And um, looking forward to talking more baseball as the season gets rolling. But until then, take care. Good luck. And I will see you. Bye.